Welcome to the Supreme Resort Land v. World, a podcast about Disneyland and Walt Disney World and which resort is the most closed. I mean, to the Supreme Resort, sorry. We will argue the merits of every facet of each resort until we decide which is better. Each episode will discuss and compare a ride, show, attraction, hotel experience, and its counterpart from each coast and decide a winner for each episode. My name is Jimmy, and I'm your host for this journey, and with me to debate the case is once again Jeremy from Spectro Radio. Welcome, Jeremy. Uh, well, thank you for having me, uh, and uh, I think we know which I, – I, I mean, there is no debate. They're all closed. It's <laughs> yeah, heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you're, uh, you're always welcome because you're uh, a host on the show. So <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> it's more of a welcome back. Uh, and from Dan Hates the Beatles, Dan – Hi, I'm Dan. I hate the Beatles, and I think that show's still going. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we, we need to address this. I don't think that, um, that there's anything new that you haven't been told or heard or anything like that, but we are recording this on March 20th, and we are all uh, self-isolating, and we're social distancing and flattening the curve. And uh, this time we decided uh, to do our part. We've decided to record in three different locations so we didn't have to physically be together. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you I, know, with all the eating I'm doing in my apartment, there's some curves that are not getting flattened. <laughs> They're growing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm glad you went there. I was thinking <laughs> something else. But um, yeah. Uh, Dan, how are you holding up? Uh, I'm okay. Um, I found, so I'm a substitute teacher, and I found out Friday that when I went home, from that job that I might not be returning. So aside from not knowing if I have an income or not, um, mm-hmm. this is not that different from my normal lifestyle, to be honest. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's starting to get a little bit weird today, to be honest. Yeah. And you have all that podcast money coming in, so you should be right. 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 Well, it's, it's invested, so can't touch it. Okay. Good. Good point. Um, we bought Disney stock by the way. And, um, what five shares? So you know, um, I was thinking about doing it's that. Probably not a bad idea. It's it's going to go up. We're dealing with long term investment. You know, something we can handle to the kids or whatever. But we bought at ninety one, and I think last I saw it was at eighty five or something. I don't know. So, Jer- uh, Jeremy, how are you holding up? I'm doing all right. Um, I'm a, I'm pretty introverted. So to stay in my house for days on end without <laughs> really interacting yeah. with people is fine. Um, I just don't know how long this will be fine. We, um, so last week was, you know, just kind of the beginning of all the crazy when, when Tom Hanks got, got it and then, you know, NBA shuts down and whatever. So the Tuesday, I think it was the 17th, I want to say we're all out. We're having a dinner with, with friends and, and we're out at a bar and hanging out. And my wife's like, Oh, you know, everybody's going to get it. It's fine. Whatever. And then 48 hours later, um, I woke up and she's like, uh, we're not leaving the house and uh, we're on lockdown. And this is, you know, that day. That weekend, we were supposed to go to the USS Yorktown, which is a big a, a ship in Charleston. And the Cub Scouts, a couple hundred people were going to be going to sleep on the ship. So I thought for sure, we're shutting down. We're not going to school. And the school hadn't shut down yet. So uh, I said, uh, so we're not going to school. Um, Follow up question, what are we going to do this weekend? She's like, well, we're going to go to the USS Yorktown. I'm like, oh, wait, wait, wait. So we're not going to school, but we're going to spend the weekend in an enclosed steel tube with 200 children. That sounds like a great idea. 
<laughs> so we compromised. We got a hotel, but we've been on uh, social distancing ever since. So it's been a weird week. All travel for me shut down. So we're going to be working on extra content, right? We've, you know, Jason has thing is working on a couple things. Dan and I have some stupid ideas that we're going to share with Jeremy <laughs> later to see if he wants to be a part of. But uh, we, we'll be getting some more stuff out there for you because I know you're going to be hanging out. And if you're interested, we'll give you some more stuff. So anything else on that? Now I'm good. I'm uh, I'm ready to find out who the winner. I'm I've been ready for this today. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're ready for jungle. Oh, I have no spoiler. Um, all right. Well, before we do that, I wanted to do a couple of things. Number one, what is Jeremy up to? What's going on? We haven't talked to you in uh, a couple of weeks. <laughs> well, what I'm trying to do, like you just kind of said, is. Uh, I am working from home, but that work is getting less and less because there's mm-hmm. not much more we can do from a you know from my job standpoint. So I'm home. Uh, I've been trying to jump on the mic on Spectro a lot more often. Um, so I've been mm-hmm. doing a bit of that. In fact, actually tonight I'm doing a ears up happy hour at eleven Eastern. Um, wow. I, What's that? We're about? doing a live happy hour. I don't know. I, there's, I have not, I'm not prepped for it at all other than I think I should probably come with a glass of wine and we're going to chit-chat. Just trying to give – I cooked I cooked a recipe today live on Instagram from – what is it? I heard. Oh, the Epcot Food and Wine Festival at the Germany Pavilion. Uh, I made schinken noodle. Mm. Well, it tastes How great. How was it? It tastes nothing like schinken okay. noodle from Germany at the Epcot Food and <laughs> Wine Festival, nor does it look like okay. it. Uh, but it's ultimately it's macaroni okay. and cheese, and it's really hard to go wrong with that. So I'm mm. I'm, I'm reaping the benefits. Yeah, of that, but that's it. Yeah. So I listened to uh, I, my boys and I were playing board games. We played the game of Clue today. I've never and played. I that. flipped on Spectral Radio, and it was it's a fun game. It, it's a better movie, <laughs> but it's a fun game. One of the few great films based on a board game. <laughs> Anyway, so my boys and I were playing Clue, and I turned on Live 365 and uh, Ears Up, and I heard Jeremy doing the jazz brunch. I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's Jeremy. And, and then I sent him a text, and he's like, well, yeah, that's me. I'm live on mic. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> guys, listen. He's texting me, and we're listening to him at the same time. <laughs> they were pretty fascinated by it. Or they were humoring you. Uh, and also... <laughs> they were like, yeah, yeah, dad. Well, maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah, I get I get a little starstruck. Sorry about that. Um, so yeah, the, I listened to the ears up in depth episode seventeen today as well in preparation for this, and there was some feedback from the listeners saying that Jeremy was arrogant and trying to be funny, and he wasn't funny. And uh, I'm like, that sounds a lot more like Jason to me <laughs> than Jeremy. <laughs> And uh, I'm going to read some feedback here in a little bit that will buttress my case of, uh, I think, the guy meant Jason. Well, I'm willing – I can take it. Uh, if that guy thinks that, that's fine. I, uh, you know, everybody's got their own opinion. No, not everybody is 100% liked by everybody. Maybe I am not funny to some people. I'm sure I'm not – sometimes I – you know, I've been in this house for seven days. I'm starting to get annoyed with myself. So it's possible <laughs> that other people could be too. Well, I think I, I think arrogant, yeah, trying too hard to be funny is definitely like I think that's that's my role on this show, right? That's yeah. But oh, this okay. wasn't a feedback okay. for ears up. It was a feedback, or excuse me, this was a fe- it, feedback for right. ears up. Main. Well, show, maybe he'll weigh in for... over here on this stream about <laughs> us too. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, we we love the feedback. So uh, I want to go through the past show corrections we recorded with Eric from our uh, it is our travel partner. 
And I said that Eric lived only two states away from Disneyland. And then I looked at a map. And any route, no matter what you take, you have to go through at least three states. How to get dare to you, Jimmy? <laughs> no, I know. Technically, if you go through the four corners, you just hop over. You could go directly to Arizona uh, to connect to California. But um, who are we so kidding? those, really those cares, of you so map fans out on. there, Jimmy has corrected his, his grave error. <laughs> did, did anyone yeah, correct either, you? <laughs> Of course not. Uh, Nobody cares. (laughs) I'm the only one that cares about any of this. Uh, But you could go through Utah, then Nevada, then uh, you have to cut through Arizona to get through. Or Anyway, it doesn't matter. The point is, we're moving on. So I also talked about a place, I called it Jesus Land, and it's actually called the Holy Land Experience. And here's the subtitle, Where the True Heroes Live. Now, I'm going to I'm going to share a couple of fun exhibits that they have at the Holy Land Experience. There is the Wilderness Tabernacle, the Scriptorium, Church of All Nations, Smile of a Child, Jerusalem Model AD 66, and the Great Temple. And they are currently showing the live stage show The Kingdom and the Empire. There you go. That's the Holy Land Experience. Open, well, probably not open right now. Sorry. And follow-up, I still have not heard from Mike uh, on a job at Concierge. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't heard back. I was pushing him pretty hard. Did you listen to the last, I last did. episode, Jeremy? I think um, right now they're probably not looking for anyone. That's so it's a not you. Point. Yes, I'm not taking That's it personally. That's really what I want you to take away yes. from that. <laughs> and so there's still a chance. You. I appreciate that. <laughs> so, yeah. so you're telling me there's a chance. I looked through countless YouTube videos on the Tiki Room, and I could not see any of them that showed the video before the pre-show. Mm-hmm. Couldn't see it. I saw the screen, but I didn't see it being played. So I don't know. Do you have Do you have any uh, opinions on that, Jeremy? I or don't, any insights? In that instance, I don't know what you're talking about. I did listen to the show, but I also listened to it while I was in the shower, and sometimes I can't hear everything in there. So for there's probably a good 10 minutes where or, I'm a little fuzzy, and I think that's what you were talking about while I was in there. Yeah, there there was a video that sponsored by Dole, and uh, it was a wonderful film. But I don't know. No, in fact, Disneyland, there's a video the, above the Dole station. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. But I haven't seen it, a video. No, being they played they, on it. they have a video playing now, but it is not because I was there uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, and I remembered to check oh, it out. And there's just it's a new video. I paid no attention to it because. I refuse to uh, acknowledge this new video. The old one is the real video. Um, mm-hmm. That yeah, yeah, yeah. Pineapple, the, the, <clears throat> the tree of kings. All right. So current past show correction: there is a video in the pre-room of the tiki room, confirmed by Dan. <laughs> boots on the ground. Did it for you, listeners. And uh, thank you, thank you. Yes, Dan. Dan's going to talk about his trip here in just a minute before we get to the main crux of the show. But I also we talked about the spirit of Aloha show, and I watched it from the online video because Dan said, "Are there dads that are in coconut bras getting up on stage?" No. There are no dads with coconut bras. That's a great show. I love that show. Is it? Yeah, I've been to it multiple times. Did you really? Um, Okay. Well, I, I can I, tell you don't agree. I respect your opinion your greatly. Um, I, when I'm I, taking you to Vegas, <laughs> that must have been in the ten minutes that you were. <laughs> 
that 10 minutes where you're in the shower that you didn't hear. That must have been it. Um, the spirit of Aloha show. It's like watching the Hawaiian version of Kids Incorporated. Like there's Ooh. a bunch of kids in like... Like teenagers or twenty somethings in flowered shirts. This and, is not. Like, this is not know. a negative for me. I, that sounds like fantastic cheesiness. Well, that's the first half, though. Well, so then there's right. an opening yeah. first half that is is like that. Um, but mm-hmm. then the second half, it get it gets real. A little more it, like a luau. It, no, it, yeah. it is a luau. Fire dancers at the second half. I mean, you've right. got fire. Yeah. you know the fire batons and everything, and actual hula. It's. I, I think that yeah. the second half of it, the first half is a little cringeworthy, but it's Disney. You got to have something for the kids, and then the second sure. half it gets real and it's good. Hmm. Yeah, I support that. That's a good point. I, I just I've been to Hawaii so many times and seen so many luaus that that's what I was expecting the whole time, and uh, so I was just taken aback by it. So anyway. That's uh, No Dads with Coconut Bras has been confirmed. Rats. They do have Dole floats at the Tiki Juice Bar. I checked the menu. Can't get them right now. Mm -hmm. And then we had a listener correct us on something that we talked about on the Usurping Poos episode. We talked about the Pink Elephants on Parade section of Phantasmic. Right. Yes. Yes. And (laughs) it turns out we were all wrong. That is not from Dumb. or excuse me, that's not from Winnie the Pooh. It's from Dumbo. I, I think I was the person who said that, mm-hmm. and and I, I mean I think you guys agreed, but I I think I remember that coming out of my mouth because then I remember as it those words were exiting my mouth in my head I was like I don't know that that's necessarily what that is and I was like yeah. but you guys were like yeah and I, yeah yeah so I thought, oh but I th- guess those... that is right and then I yeah so that's what is it what is it from. Those two things have always occupied the the very same memory space mm-hmm. in my head Me too. too. So like, it didn't it didn't even re- occur to me at all, even on that level, until I saw that correction. I was like, oh, that's absolutely correct, and we should know <laughs> yes, this. Yes, we should. <laughs> yeah. But that's what this segment is about. It's from Dumbo. It's like it's a from- dream scene, or somebody got drunk, or something. I don't know. Well, yeah, and that is similar to Hef- Hefeloping, right? Mm-hmm. I totally. They're basically the same I, thing. I, I, I mean, yeah, it right. does. I'm so, glad someone knew. Exactly, and they pointed it out, and they listened to the show, and they enjoy it along with several other people. And before we get to that, um, Dan went to Disneyland for the first time in five years? My memory is five years. You seem to think it was four, but my memory is, is definitely five. And okay. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's more correct because <laughs> my memory is a mess. Well, you were at the uh, 100 it's been, show. That's uh, true. Well, but we, we didn't, didn't go, go to the, the park. park. We went yeah. We went to Knott's Berry Farm. Oh, God. <laughs> that was a bad idea. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was a great idea. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was my first time in four, four or five years and my first time having a pass again in over a, almost a decade. And – Oh my God! It's such a wonderful feeling to be back. Mm. Um, and this was the day that they announced that they were going to be closing Disneyland the following Friday. I didn't know going in, but I found out on the drive home. Like, hey, the place you went to is not going to be open anymore. Yeah. So, Jeremy, I don't know but, if you yeah. saw that uh, Dan live Facebooked a bunch of times during the day, and uh, too many times to be fair. He live. He live. <laughs> live Facebooked. Yeah, Facebook Live. Okay. He went live several times, and uh, and so much so that it annoyed Jeremy and they're not Jeremy Jason, and, and potentially a lot of other people. And, okay, uh, but now they're historical documents. 
<laughs> Indeed. <laughs> and I promised that won't be every trip. It was just – it was excitement and you were encouraging me because I guess you were having a rough day, Jimmy. Yeah, so. it, was a, it was a rough day, but we, you helped get me through it. So thank you for that. Anything else you want to uh, add or comment? You want to talk about the dads at the Tiki Room? <laughs> um, I tried to get dad footage at the Tiki Room and I started creeping myself out, which is kind of a sign that I've definitely crossed the line. Mm-hmm. Um, but the footage still exists on my phone and I still need to look at it and um, maybe enhance something. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen with that? Um, I do have to say <clears throat> going back after a long period of time is really, really interesting and strange, especially with the past because I, again, felt zero pressure to do mm-hmm. anything. However, I was able to get on Rise of the Resistance and Oh my goodness! Um, I I spoiled it for myself on video because I thought I would never be able to see it. But oh my god, this thing is amazing! And I need to add that n- not enough people are giving credit to the sound design in Galaxy's Edge. Right. As a sound nerd myself, it's I mean people are mentioning it, but you really need to pay attention to it with, when you're able to go back. Right. Um, it's super impressive. Yeah, and that's. I mean, yeah. And, and Jeremy, you've all been there. Jeremy, you haven't you haven't <laughs> had a chance to do Rise of the Resistance yet, right? Uh, well, I haven't been on it. Okay, you've got passes I've, for it. Just haven't been. Well, on Well, I've it. been there and opted not to try. Okay, hmm. that's fair. <laughs> um, yeah, Eric said you met up with him uh, for the princess run. Yes, we had drinks at Animal Kingdom. Mm. Is that a good time? Of course, oh, he's a good dude. Was, He's a good dude, and um, and Brandy was there too. Nice, I, I've, his significant I, other. Evidently, I met him, <laughs> which we discussed on the last show. But anyway, he'll uh, he'll be on again someday. Um, all right, so some feedback. We have a couple today. We have this is from A N H M D U K. Not sure how to pronounce that. Oh, but, sure. And, sure. And head and, <laughs> uh, Great breakdowns. Like the back and forth. Disneyland v. Disney World. Jeremy is great. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. All of our reviews say Jeremy's great in some way. And uh, I just want to say, Dan and I work really hard on this show. We're, we're also we're here. People we're also too. on the show. And I, <laughs> we know Jeremy's great. That's why I push so hard to get him to do this show. Uh, another one from Magnolia381. I wanted to read this because Jeremy's not mentioned. So <laughs> such a good show. I love this show so much. I'm Disneyland all the way, but I love hearing the cases for the world. Such a great show if you're a fan of either park. Thank you, Magnolia381. And I'm in for your reviews. Appreciate that. It's very much appreciated. And please, all the rest of you out there, like and subscribe and comment. We really appreciate it. Good, bad, or indifferent. We want to get better. And thanks for the support. We are also supported by our official travel partner, Concierge. Uh, right now is probably not the best time to, to call and plan your trip because we don't know. I mean, March 31st is what Disney World says, but I can't imagine. That's like a week after next. I can't imagine they're going to be open on April 1st. No. I, I know. I'm hearing from the school district, not that the, the, they're connected, but I mean they're kind of connected in this sense, uh, that we shouldn't expect to go back to school before the end of the school year, which is June. Wow. That's crazy. Um, how about you, Jeremy? Well, it just seems like every day things are getting more strict mm-hmm. than when they than they when they were when they announced the closure. So I can't I can't imagine 
that in 10 days, right. it's going to be like, yeah, let's go to, <laughs> let's go. I mean, I would like to go. Yeah. I also, that would be great. This is also something that I'm wondering. I don't know. Like, will we get, I don't know. I, will we get fatigued of this? And will people just be like, I don't care. I want to get, I'll get it. Like, I'll take the chance. I'm right. wondering if that will happen. I believe. I, I strongly suspect that that will happen. I think Disney as a, as a corporation would be irresponsible for Correct. them to do it on April 1st because people would yeah. go. Um, I, I'm going we're, – we're planning a uh, Memorial Day weekend trip and we went on and got fast passes yesterday because we're staying in the Swan and Dolphin. And uh, we got all of them. We got – I mean we got Sci-Fi Diner. We got all all the big ones, Seven Dwarves and um, – you know, gadgets go coaster. No, wait, that's Disneyland. Um, no, but we got all <laughs> yeah, the. Also, Sci-Fi Diners are not a fast pass. No, I know dining reservation. Sorry, and then we got oh. Oga's Cantina. We got uh, Slinky Dog. We got you know, you name the. Oh, we got a Flight of Passage, and kind of pick and choose our time. So it was, if it is in fact open, that will be one of the best trips ever because you know we kind of just do all the things without having to rope drop. The more interesting thing to me is with regard to coronavirus and the closure is that. Uh, late this past week, Disney um, floated uh, debt for, or they issued debt for like five to six billion dollars to wow. maintain day to day operations. Mm-hmm. And so I have to wonder w- what will happen with all the money that they've been investing. Like, are we going to continue to see the in- the investment mm-hmm. in Disneyland Paris? Mm-hmm. Is Epcot going to be right. what it- they promised? Mm-hmm. Where will they have to cut? They're going. Yeah. They can't. No. If they're if they're struggling to stay in business day to day and having to give out that, I, my assumption would be is that like, yeah, I don't know much that that much about sure. business. So so take this with a grain of salt. But my assumption smart. would be if you're if you're issuing debt, mm-hmm. you probably aren't also then investing a ton in, you know. A fountain show. It's right. so weird. At, at the same, like they consistently, they have this pattern. I mean, this is co- completely like out of this. This is completely a new thing. But it's just interesting that Disney always has this pattern of promising this this amazing, very very complicated, very expensive thing. You know, like uh, Westcott or whatever. <clears throat> and then something happens, and then we get whatever we end up getting. And yeah, yeah. So. Something happens beyond their control also, right? Right, right. right. And it seems like this is such a perfect opportunity because there's nobody in the parks. If they could continue generating revenue or doing whatever, they must have capitalized some of this stuff or had some kind of money set aside to invest in these things that they have 24-7 to be building right now. Like they could mm-hmm. they could open Tron in the summer if they wanted to because they just don't have to stop. But anyway. Yeah, but at the same time, they're in huge debt because of the – they were already in debt. Because of the acquisition of Fox. Mm. Oh, good point. They didn't just have a bunch of money to buy that. That's a good point. Yeah. All right. Anyway, Disney woes aside, we are also sponsored by Etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash covers. You can get a churro hoodie. I'm wearing my churro hoodie right now. It's true. Very excited about it. He, uh, yeah, he brought it out of the vault just for me. And I think he's keeping it up there. So it's very comfortable and it looks great. It's all the, all your things for when it's cold. Okay, now we're getting to the show. Today's episode is the case of the jungle cry. <laughs> that, that's that's plural for cruise, I think, right? It, no? Sure, it is now. No, okay, <laughs> yeah, jungle cry. Yeah, thank you. And I think that's C R A I, by the way. So the case of the jungle cruises is is, um, and Jeremy will be arguing for the Walt Disney World version of the 
Jungle Cruise, and I will be arguing for the Disneyland version of the Jungle Cruise. And if Dan, the judge, decides that the Disneyland version gets a point, you will hear this sound. That's music from their Boathouse Audio. Yes, thank you. And if Disney World gets a point, you will hear this sound. (laughs) Also from the World's Boathouse Audio. Right. And uh, Jeremy said, and stop me if um, I am going to spoil it, but you're working on a Jungle Cruise uh, Spectro time for years up, right? Well, there's or, one plan, but to say that I've put pen to paper would be a real lie. But yeah, I mean, I have I have 50 segments in in you know on the list wow. that could happen. So Dang. that's one of them. But I think you wanted to wait until the movie came out before, just in case, right? Correct. There's probably I'm assu- I'm assuming there's going to be a soundtrack, mm, I'm and sure. I can touch on that. So I watched the preview for the Jungle Cruise movie with uh, The Rock and uh, Mary Poppins. And uh, this was my reaction to Dan. I said, just watch the trailer for The Jungle of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Panther of Pandora. (laughs) For those of you who have seen all those movies and the trailer... I think that's a pretty astute uh, assessment. Well, because they're, they're, they got to get rid of Johnny Depp, right? Which means that they're probably going to get rid of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, which means possibly Jungle Cruise. I guess. Yeah, I guess. I suppose. I think. No, no, no. Wasn't there rumor that they're recasting Johnny no. Depp? Oh, for a new reboot. Yeah, I heard that. Uh, who was it that they said? I feel like Ears Up might have talked about it, and then they named some actor, yeah. and it was like, what? Yeah. Wilford Brimley. That's right. That was what it was. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I would actually love that. Is he still alive? I, I would. I would be there opening day. Well, <laughs> as long as you don't have diabetes. <laughs> okay, so let's go. The Jungle Cruise is a riverboat attraction located in Adventureland at many parks around the world, namely Disneyland, Magic Kingdom, Tokyo Disneyland, and Hong Kong Disneyland. The attraction at Hong Kong Disneyland is named Jungle River Cruise. Disneyland Paris and Shanghai Disneyland are the only Magic Kingdom-style Disney parks that do not have Jungle Cruise in their attraction rosters. However, if you look at, if you go to that area of the park at Disneyland Paris, there are there is tree cut. Like, you can see where they cut the tree line down for that ride. When I worked there in 97, the trees hadn't grown in yet, so there's clear cutting around where Jungle Cruise would have gone. So it must have been in the original plans. Well, my understanding was it was supposed to be an indoor jungle adventure mm, attraction interesting so a building would from what i read is that there would be a building an indoor building there that would have house an attraction because the climate good point be yeah because it snows right. yeah and uh and I, but it, just, it snows in tokyo yeah that's true i also heard though that at uh, disneyland paris that the language thing would be an issue but then i went to hong kong and they have separate queues they have an english queue they have a mandarin queue and i think they have a cantonese queue if i'm not mistaken Maybe that's Hong Kong's more recent. Maybe they didn't weren't thinking of that back yeah. then. And yeah. you're right because a pun and doesn't translate. Yeah, that's true. Very well. Yeah, it sure does. Even in English, <laughs> um, sometimes. So uh, the attraction simulates a riverboat cruise down several major rivers of Asia, Africa, and South America. Park guests board a replica tramp steamers from a 1930 British explorer's lodge and are taken on a voyage past many different audio animatronic jungle animals. 
The tour is led by a live Disney cast member delivering humorous narration. This narration is based on a written and practiced script, but generally a largely delivered ad lib. All right. I have some stuff about inspiration and design, but uh, that was sort of the opening intro. Jeremy, do you have anything else you want to add on an intro? No, I think you've covered it all. Uh, I love it. I don't snicker at the humor, your humor. I think that it is hilarious. I sometimes agree. <laughs> oh, it can it can be hilarious. I think you have to be in the mood for Absolutely. it. Yeah, yeah, you're sure you're right. Yeah, and and I don't want to get into speculation about what people you know have have said, haven't said. There's there's books about it. There's I forget the anyway. I'm just for, skipper stories. Skipper stories. Yeah, and there's another one. But anyway, um, sources of inspiration for the attraction include a 1955 true life adventure, The African Lion, about a pride of lions, and the film The African Queen. Imagineer Harper Goff referenced the African Queen frequently in his ideas. Even his designs of the ride vehicles were inspired by the steamer used in the film. The project was placed on schedule to open for July 17th, 1955's debut of Disneyland. When plans began to develop, Bill Evans, the Imagineer responsible for landscaping at Disneyland and most of Walt Disney World, see uh, New Orleans Square, excuse me, uh, yeah, the Squares episode for more on that, faced the daunting task of creating a convincing jungle on a limited budget. Aside from importing many actual tropical plants, he made use of a wide use of character plants, quote-unquote, which, while not necessarily exotic, could give the appearance of exoticism in context. And particularly well-known... <laughs> is that a word? Exoticism? It is. Yeah. It is. It is. Great. It is, it is now. It's not, it's not red dotted on, in your Word document? <laughs> no, it is not. Okay. There's no underlining. Just checking. Yep. I just want to make sure. In a particularly well-known trick, he uprooted a local orange trees and replanted them upside down, growing vines on the exposed roots. Disney controls the clarity of the water, known as turbidity, in order to obscure from guests. The guest view of the boat's guidance system and undesirable items like perches and mechanized platforms on the bathing elephants and hippos, etc., Initially, the clean water was dyed brown, but after a few years, the colorant was changed to a green hue, and in recent years, a bluish green has been used. The water of the Jungle Cruise is approximately five feet deep, and it is part of the park's dark water system, which circulates southward from the northern end of Frontierland's Rivers of America, and then it goes through Fantasyland and creates the moat of Sleeping Beauty Castle. The water's journey Hmm. continues flowing past Frontierland's entrance and into Adventureland, where it meanders alongside the Tiki Room before entering the Jungle Cruise beside the ride's exit. The so water- is the water in front of the castle in Disneyland all dark and murky like that? Yeah. It is. Yeah. We and like it's it all like part that. of the same. Yeah. The water. Yeah, this is all new to me, by the way. I, I, I had heard about it. and I think Dan could speak to it a little bit more. But uh, just finishing, the water returns to the south end of the rivers of America with a 37-inch diameter underground pipe near Tarzan's treehouse. Originally, the Jungle Cruise waterway was 1,920 feet in length before being slightly shortened and rerouted in 1994. That was for Indiana Jones. Although Goff and Evans can be credited with the creation and initial design of the ride, Mark Davis, recognized for his work on the venerable attractions such as the Haunted Mansion and Pirates of the Caribbean, added his own style to the ride in later versions and Disneyland updates. The Indian elephant bathing pool, the rhinoceros chasing explorers up a pole were among his contributions. So that's it before I get into the queue. But I just wanted to share the sort of the origins, 
There's a lot about it. There's a book called The Disneyland Story, which has a lot of really good information. It's a fun, I don't know, fun read. If you're interested in Disneyland, it kind of day by day, year by year, everything that gets changed and added. And there's a lot of stuff on the Jungle Cruise. So, so I'm curious. That's what I got. At Disney World, is, so there's not a dark water uh, connection at all there? or I don't know. Jeremy? I have no idea. Pass your correction. So, I don't know how the water works okay. there. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, my assumption would be that all of it, because that whole thing, I mean, this is just speculation, but... All of the water in Disney World seems to be connected yeah. with – I mean the, it, the whole place is canals because they had to create what – they, what do they call it, Dan? Um, it's a water – like a – that was the name of it. Was a drainage district or something? Wasn't there – Yeah, something like that. And it was – I forget who it was that uh, created it all. Um, it was probably Harper Goff or it was uh, the Admiral, Admiral Joe, Joe Fowler, Fowler or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But everything yes, is Admiral Joe. And I can confirm, I can confirm that exoticism is a word because it's one of the few things that I have taken from my uh, ed- education in music composition. So, way to go, Wait. bachelor's degree there. All right. So, <laughs> Jeremy, you wanna you wanna come back with anything, or should we go to the the? the no, I mean that was a history. Yeah. Yes. So I think you did a good job. You do an opening statement or yeah, anything? Yeah, I mean I'm just gonna I'll I'll. I'll give my uh, cue after you give your cue. Okay, perfect. Great. So that was the history of the ride, which you know ultimately lended itself to the Disney World version. Um, all right. So the queue and station are themed as the headquarters and boathouse of the Jungle Navigation Company, a river trading company located in a British colony, as evidenced by the Union Jack flying above the boathouse circa 1938. The queuing area is cluttered with appropriate props such as pinned insects, an old radio on top of a bookshelf, an old typewriter, and a chessboard with miniature animals and decorated shotgun shells replacing the pieces. The extended queue winds upstairs underneath an audio-animatronic great hornbill and then downstairs again. Big band music, which you'll hear many times here tonight, uh, from the 1930s and 40s play overhead punctuated by jungle-related news bulletins, helping to reinforce the setting and threading together the show scenes and boat. Now, this we talked about in the Indiana Jones dinosaur episode. This entire ride, queue, narration, everything changed to suit Indiana Jones sort of style and theme, right? So that all changed in 1995. So that queue that I just mentioned is um, since 1995. Everything before that was a little different. Right, with Indiana Jones, and now it has this, the whole area has a sense of time right. now. Yeah, right? all 1930s 19, era. It's specifically 1938. Mm-hmm. Right. In Disneyland. Uh, yep. The two story boathouse was an abandoned 1911 Victorian house at the edge of the jungle, built around the Dominguez palm tree that had been there since 1896. That the Dominguez palm trees was the one thing that they remained on property because the family who owned that land insisted that it stay. So that's there since 1896. The structure had gone through several uh, owners, including a river merchant, boat repair service, and now the Jungle Cruise Trading Company, a group of enterprising down-and-out skippers who had turned to tourism. The boathouse was divided up into themed areas. The ground floor was a ticket booth, boathouse, uh, boathouse, uh, sorry, boat maintenance, excuse me, and shipping. 
On the upper floor, guests wandered through three areas, including an infirmary, dispatch office, and a lounge. As audio animatronic Hornbill and Cobra were moved into the boathouse, the upstairs provided plenty of room for the overflow queue and kept people out of the crowded pathway. That's the queue. And that's all yeah, from, that was from the Disneyland, Disneyland story, story right? yes. And I quote. That's the queue. I remember the queue years ago, I think well, before the Indiana Jones change. It was just fences, right? They had a two-story building, and then they tore it down and moved the moved everything back. Oh, okay. And then they rebuilt two-story oh, thing. Oh, 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 oh. They also – I believe they expanded okay. it um, so that it was that building. So they had a two-story building. They didn't use the second floor in Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Mm. And then I guess they – Rebuilt it, Jimmy, and then now they use the second floor for queuing. Yeah, when it's when it's busy, they use it. I've okay. been on it a couple of times. And yeah. then they extend it. Oh no, I'm thinking. I think I might be thinking of Disney World. Never mind. That's it. Yes. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> so I think the f- the weird fencing that I'm remembering is probably where Indiana Jones entrance. That is was all now. bamboo. But if you want know, more on that, we you need can to listen to the case of the Indiana Jones v Dinosaur because we talk a lot about that and what changed at the Jungle Cruise. So more information right, there right. for doing your own <clears throat> past show corrections. All right. What do you got, Jeremy? Well, the queue at Disney World also features uh, an elaborate amount of props. And also you mentioned the um, the animatronic, uh, what was it, a tarantula or a, a, a big spider? It was a <laughs> uh, cobra, I think. Oh, Kobe. ours the one that I yeah, know of in ours is a um as you're walking right past it there's a caged cobra. You could put your hands right on the cage right. and That's it right. will like like spit or like I mean not literally spit but like it'll be like right. you know, move around. It's it's, Inter- it's really it's interactive. Cool. Agreed. Um I think And there's more. There's spiders too, but you'll get into that. Yeah. Well, the the I, the angle that I'm taking on the queue, um, really the big difference here is the music. Naturally, I would go for that. Um, hmm. Disney World's Jungle Cruise. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, let me back up a second, um, just to give you, set the scene for where Disney World's Jungle Cruise is. The Walt Disney World version of the Jungle Cruise is set in a fictitious 1930s era British outpost, but this one is along the Amazon River. And it's operated by the fictional Jungle Navigation Company. This version of the attraction's development was led entirely by Imagineer Mark Davis. So while Davis uh-huh. did come in and he's been involved in some of the later changes to Disneyland's, this right. represents Mark Davis's vision from soup to nuts, the whole thing. Yeah, it was Mark Davis who was brought in from the studio. I think it was 1960 was his first visit i want to say or anyway so there walt was on the ride you know kind of as he did to try to plus it and make it better and he overheard guests saying that it was the same thing over and over again so he brought mark davis in and so mark davis is the one that added all the the narration and humor because it took itself really seriously prior to that right right and uh funny doesn't hurt anybody right so this was his this was his opportunity to do tear up the whole thing and do it from scratch how he would uh if he could start from the beginning Disney World's Jungle Cruise features the broadcast of Albert Awall Airwaves. Um, they play a raucous selection of 1930s big band tunes peppered with jokes and puns that prepare you for your journey on the jungle rivers. Um, selections include uh, Here Comes My Ball and Chain, 
Jeepers Creepers, Rhythm King, and It's the Girl by the Boswell Sisters, among several others. Um, I would contrast that with Disneyland's audio, mm-hmm. which, with two or three exceptions, is extremely sedate. Um, it's a sedate selection of music with a much more dry announcer whose comments generally are not funny. Um, he announces <laughs> the weather. He tells you about things happening. There's a few little jokes here and there, um, but for mm-hmm. the most part, uh, it's just dry announcements. Um, and that music was changed uh, during the Indiana when they when they did the whole change for the Indiana Jones. That was right. when. Um, they added that, and then Disney World's Imagineers said, so ours actually came second, and they said, let's up the ante, and they gave it a much more uh, up, upbeat selection of music, and they've since remained the same. Okay. So that's our cue. We don't have two stories. Hmm. <laughs> I'm, okay. <laughs> right. I... I so I think that we've sort of settled into – unintentionally settled into characters in the, the ears of some listeners where I'm Disneyland all the time and Jeremy's Disney World all the time, which isn't necessarily true. So to clear that up, I – That's right. Except for when I beat you with the jungle or the uh, – <laughs> Right. Exactly. Well, yeah. And that's, that's fine. Uh, ultimately, everyone wins, right? <laughs> but the, 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 char- the characterization <laughs> is, oh, you know, we're always going to go in a certain direction. I am 100 percent torn yeah. here to the point that I don't even know whether I, – I like slow, sedate music, but that's my personal preference. I don't think I'm going to be pulled over to the other side on that. Um, just simply because that's my taste. Um, I think where it lands for me is just simply what has more animatronics and I really, really don't know which way to go on whether the comedy should be in the ride itself or also in the queue. And I think, Jimmy, if you want to make a con- uh, argument for yours, this would this be This may time. be a counterintuitive argument, but I like the – it's like a warm-up act for, for a stand-up comedian. You know, if I'm kind of in a playful mood and I hear things that are funny and, you know, there's stuff on the walls that are – you know, there's, there's, there's all kinds of punny-type things at Disney World. And it feels like more of a – like a warm-up act to – to the skippers. So a okay. counterintuitive argument, but hmm. see, I like, I like the moodiness. I like moody things. Um, but I realize that I'm not the average part, but okay. Um, just going on my gut here. I, I think I got to go to Disneyland okay. for the queue just because I personally like it better. Oh, there's some of that music. It also reminds me of the music that would be played at uh, Tower of Terror, like that delightful Steve yes. Gutenberg film. <laughs> oh, they made a ride based on that movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's great. It's like the it's like the clue of uh, <laughs> ride movies. <laughs> anyway, um, all right. So moving on. Um, Attraction summary. Okay, so once you're on the boat, guests are introduced to their skipper, and they head into the jungle, allegedly never to return. The first rivers simulated are the Irwadi, 
Irrawaddy, sorry, and Mekong rivers, representing tropical Southeast Asia. The boats sail through a dense rainforest inhabited by large butterflies and a pair of toucans before passing by the Temple of the Forbidden Eye and a shrine to the Hindu monkey deity Hunu, uh, excuse me, Hanuman. Passengers then glide precariously under the first of a pair of stone arches severely damaged by an earthquake centuries ago. These are part of the ruins of an ancient Cambodian city where a crumbling temple is one of the few things which have managed to avoid tumbling into the river. Built by ancient Cambodian shriners, I bet. (laughs) Uh, Here, passengers see an Indo-Chinese tiger, giant spiders, king cobras, and mugger crocodiles. Passing a statue of the elephant-headed Hindu deity, Ganesha, Ganesha, sorry, the boats pass under the second arch and enter the sacred Indian elephant bathing pool. Here, a large herd of Indian elephants frolic and squirt water at passing vessels. But don't worry, you could take your pictures because they all have their trunks on. The theme moves to the rivers of Africa, and riders see a family of baboons in a safari camp that has been overrun by gorillas. All added later, from the 1955 version, the boats narrowly avoid the dramatic waterfall Schweitzer Falls, which riders are told are named after Dr. Albert Falls, and turn down Africa's Nile River, where they pass between two African elephants and large termite mounds. A tableau of African veldt follows, showing zebras, wildebeests, giraffe, gazelles, and a pride of lions, feasting on a zebra beneath a rocky outcropping. Beyond the lion's den, an angry rhinoceros has chased a safari party up a tree. Antelope and hyenas watch from nearby. The skipper then pilots the boat into the Congo River, disturbing a pod of hippos that signal their intent to attack the boat. Drums and chanting are heard as the boats come to the headhunter territory. The vehicles pass a native village before sailing into an ambush by natives wielding spears, the sound effects for which are usually provided by the skipper. The boats now pass behind Schweitzer Falls, referred to as the backside of water, to enter the Amazon River. Skeletal animals, remains, and warning signs featuring pictures of dagger-toothed fish forewarn at the next show scene where the boats encounter a swarm of leaping piranha. The guests then pass a couple of water buffalo and a boa constrictor before they meet the shrunken head dealer, Trader Sam. He'll trade you two heads for just one of yours before returning to the dock. That is a very unentertaining description of what happens on the ride. <laughs> uh, well, you did a nice job. Well, yeah. Um, Thanks. I guess, so, Disney World's version, for the most part, the individual elements are all there. They're ordered differently, and then there's mm-hmm. another big el- another element right. that is not in Disneyland that we'll talk about. The order yes, is very important here. Mark Davis had the opportunity to re envision this attraction rather than deal with what he inherited, which ultimately today has become a hodgepodge of stories set along a river. In Disney World, he started with a vision, and I think the biggest difference here is that the Jungle Cruise Boathouse is set on the Amazon. And when you get in the boat, you're on the Amazon. When you get into the boat in Disneyland, you are in the lost delta in India, correct? Right. On your left side, as Jimmy Mm -hmm. says, you see a Cambodian temple. And on the right side of your boat, 
your jungle skipper is generally gesturing towards Indiana Jones and referencing Indiana Jones. So on one side of you, you have India, and simultaneously on the other side of you, you have Cambodian um, ruins. So I think, so already Mm -hmm. we're starting to see that there's like a disconnect between where you're set when you get on the boat, and immediately you're in a completely different place. Disney World's you're you're set in the Amazon. Your first portion of the um, journey is on the Amazon, and only after you go past Inspiration Falls, which is this big, beautiful waterfall that's on your left side, that serves as your transition into your next river, which is the Congo. So I think that the transitions in the storyline okay. is much more consistent and overall a much more deliberate vision. And I would just say that. So that's my first thing is the consistency of Disney Worlds. Yeah, I acknowledge that. And I rec- I, mm. I, I, I'm with you 100%. I think that the, the only thing that I would – I don't know. I don't want to say defend, but – you're still going from the Amazon to the Congo. You're still jumping continents. Whether you do it in a quarter of a mile or 20 feet, does it really take you away from the experience? Well, but that's imaginary, right? Like, how do we do it? We're going to do it, of course. Sure. We're going to visit yeah. three different continents on this ride. Do you do it with two of them on, you know, do you do it with a, fric- a lot of friction? Yeah, or parallel, do you do it very yeah. artfully? And I think that's where Walt Disney World excels okay. here is it's done much more artfully because they had the opportunity to do it deliberately from the beginning. Sure. I, I, I didn't even consider this before. And, and this is exactly the kind of thing that like it, it's never bothered me. But now that we're addressing this in, in the way that we're addressing it, I got to give a point to Disney World for that because that – true, it is incongruous in to visit all these different places in such a short amount of time. But it, it, at least they're trying. At least there, there's a there's, – a valiant effort to to say, okay, well, this is as consistent as we can get. And frankly, that part with the Indiana Jones queue, it takes me out of the ride. I mean, I like it. It looks nice. But every time, every time I go by it, I just – part of me, even though I love the Jungle Cruise, kind of looks at it and goes, hey, there's that ride that I'd sort of rather be on right now. <laughs> that's a very good point. I hadn't really considered that. <laughs> well, and I think that's kind of what I will be getting at as we go through this is that I actually think that the imposition of Indy – Indy's right. a great ride, right? It won. It beat me when I was defending it against Dinosaur. Um, but it's not all – it's not all wonderful. There are some – there were some um, – there's some things that we suffer from now. And I think that the Jungle Cruise in Disneyland really suffers from the imposition of Indy um, also on the setting. So now um, – here, here's another point that I was going to make. The imposition of Indiana Jones also creates another inconsistency in the Disneyland version. Disneyland version is now solidly fixed in the year 1938. Mm. Okay. Hey, J- Jeremy, before you continue, um, did you give yourself a point? I didn't hear the music. Uh. <laughs> yeah, that's a good song. You know, that is, that is Whittier. It's a good song. It's a shame it didn't get a point. Um. I'll, I'll rectify that in my Spectre time segment. <laughs> I I love slow Glenn Miller, okay? <laughs> All right, go ahead. Sorry. Um, Disneyland version is now solidly fixed in 1938. Often, skippers will reference the overturned Jeep using the term Jeep. The Jeep was not invented Trademark. until mm. 1940. Oh. 
They don't. They're not allowed to talk about freeways and stuff because it's said in that time. But yeah, I didn't even think about that. Um, Plus, it's a registered trademark of Daimler Chrysler. Now, to be fair, um, well, I've heard. I, I listened to a Disneyland. I watched a YouTube of a Disney ride through to make sure that I could confirm that a skipper at some point in history has used the word Jeep. And the first one I watched, he used it. So, um, yeah, I think you're right. Um, and that's that's frequently referenced. Now, to be fair, the Disney World version is also set in 19. 19- 30s era but that allows the listener or the guest to sort of stretch their imagination a bit because it's 1930s era you could you could suspend your belief for a minute and go to 1940 but in disneyland that is part of the story it's 1938 it's an inconsistency and that is another challenge i think it's just representative of the challenge that having indiana jones Mm -hmm. there hurts the jungle cruise well and i think i think that that Hmm. that falls under the same point though i think right i mean um Right. I it's, it's a weird thing because big picture that that whole area in Disneyland really it's nice how it kind of comes together and is cohesive. But it, it, it's just it's one of those things about Disneyland where it's just like, well, OK, they made really, really good use of the space. But at the same mm-hmm. time, it, it did produce these problems that Jeremy is talking about. Yeah. And I remember talking about on the Indiana Jones thing that that. Jungle Cruise changed to fit Indiana Jones, mm-hmm. which gave Indiana that gave Indiana Jones a point because it actually impacted another ride. Right. So that benefited Indiana Jones, but I think what I'm hearing you say is it detracted from the Jungle Cruise. Yeah, I think I think Jungle Cruise basically gave it this point. But at the same time, the, the thing about the the rivers still stands. You know, having the the Amazon and, and that consistency. I mean, that's super nerdy, but that's what this podcast is. I, I, that's, yeah, that's that's cool. True. You know, and I'm beaten by my own game. <laughs> <laughs> and river usually flows; it doesn't usually stand. So. In Disney World, we also continue on um, after we go through Africa and we see Schweitzer Falls. And then we come behind – or so I guess uh, named by Dr. Albert yep. Falls, but it's Schweitzer <laughs> Falls. We come behind it and we see the backside of water. Mm-hmm. Now, I have another point here uh-huh. – or another – not a point that I earned, but a, a perspective. Okay. Statement of fact. When you, when you go through the – Behind Schweitzer Falls in Disneyland, that water comes down in three different points. Okay. So it's not a solid wall of water. Okay. And I think that the joke, the backside of – but in Disney World, it is one solid, I don't know, nine or ten – it's it's the length of a boat. Okay. The waterfall is continuous water. So you are literally behind a curtain of water. Hmm. I think that the joke, the backside of water, works better in Disney World because of the effect of being hidden behind that whole curtain of water rather than three individual, you know, they're only like a couple of feet wide. And hmm. I've no, always noticed it because I forget, sometimes I forget which one I'm on. You right. know, like, yeah. <laughs> and I've got, when I get on the one in Disneyland and I go behind there, I'm always like, mm, this isn't the backside of water. And then you go to Disney World and it's like, whew. It's like being behind Niagara Falls, you know, like it's this big curtain. I think that our backside of water is better. I have a couple of a couple of points before Dan uh, assesses. Point number one: I believe that in the the dark water connection, all the water together. I want to say that it's there at that point that the dye is introduced, and it gets churned up into the river. Mm. Oh, like Willy Wonka. <laughs> like Willy Wonka. I'm pretty sure. I will verify, but I'm I'm pretty sure that's where the source of the coloring comes from. And I don't understand the joke. 
I don't understand the joke, backside of water. I never have. I've thought a hundred different ways about it, and I don't understand it. It's a, it's a stupid joke, but it's kind of not a terrible stupid joke. Is it because I think, it looks like the I think front? you actually do get it. Okay. It's just not that right. funny. Yeah. <laughs> there isn't like a hidden meaning that no one's explained to you. It's literally they're they're sort of I think they're poking fun at themselves. Like, and now we're gonna look at the other side of the falls. I think that's right. right. Maybe a justification for the fact that they're just taking a turn and going past it. And that's the only way they could go past it. Right. I think that that right. is the joke. The joke is that well, yeah. we have to go over here now, and you've already seen this part, but you haven't seen the backside of water. And I, I've mm-hmm. I've heard it delivered in a way that does it makes me chuckle a little bit. Um, I don't like know. It, we're now going underwater. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry, Jeremy. So I don't know about giving a point for the waterfall thing. I I get what you're saying. I. But you want Disney no. to <laughs> No, that's not oh, it. Wow, that's not it at all. I mean, he prefaced by saying he's totally neutral. Um, if you can believe it. I just, okay. I don't know. We'll hold on to that one. If we need a tiebreaker, we can have that. Okay. Okay. Point taken. I don't get it, but I, I understand what you mean. So then the, the continuation on is now where in Disneyland you end with Cambodia or you start with Cambodia here. Mark Davis uses this as the finale. Mm-hmm. And this is where it gets good. Um, hold on. Let me scroll. Uh, this is not – first of all, after Backside of Water at Disneyland, you come up on Trader Sam and it's over, right? Here, the attraction is ext- – it's like another four or five mm-hmm. minutes. So it's longer, one. More is good. But this is not simply a question of it's better because it's longer, though that's very layman's way of to put what ultimately is true. It's better. Of course, in Disney World, we too can experience the lighthearted bathing elephants, the threatening cannibals, and the humorous backside of water, which is better in Disney World, all in equal <laughs> measure that make most of this attraction virtually interchangeable until we slowly come up in the water on Disney World's finale half-sunken Cambodian temple. The temple is a masterpiece of engineering Even before we enter it, its looming spires and dark entrance bring a level of unexpected seriousness to the ride. Inside, as we slowly and eerily float through moldering caverns, we see cobras swaying, tigers, hidden treasures, all accompanied by caverns that are loaded with detail. Ornately carved walls, overhead beams that appear to be crumbling are etched in rich detail. The heightened sense of fear is solidified when you realize you haven't heard your skipper in some Mm. time. And their voice has been replaced by haunting music that echoes from the damp and dripping temple temple walls as your boat continues to meander through the twists of the sunken corridors. The heat of the jungle sun has now given way to cold and eerie dampness. According to the blog PassportToDreams.com, quote, This is the definitive discovery and exploration of an ancient mystery site. It doesn't just elevate the Florida version of the attraction above its California version. It shoots it right up to the realm of mastery. Whoa. But don't fear too long. 
Openings in the temple's roof give way to peaks of Florida's familiar sun, and Mark Davis's gags begin to reappear. It is this Imagineer's mastery that allow the seriousness of the temple to effortlessly combine and live alongside the more lighthearted gags, such as the monkey with a jar stuck on its hand, that make the Florida version of the Jungle Cruise an effortless combination of comedy and uneasiness. In California, you have a ride that ultimately is scenes cobbled together and scenes stuck alongside a river that have evolved over time with many changes. Florida's Jungle Cruise is a mature, deliberate, designed version. The Mark Davis version, Florida version of this show builds toward its Cambodian temple finale. Hmm. Okay. okay. Um, so I, wa- I wanted – that's why I wanted to give you that flavor and that color because this isn't just more. Right. Right. It's not it about size. more and it caps, the, it caps this whole thing off. This is a progression. Right. And so bear with me on this one, Jeremy. Um, I was kind of struggling in my head with this of as as you both know and I think the listeners might have heard a little bit like I have I've been trying to juggle in my head how do we balance out the idea of Disney World usually ha- having more stuff and being bigger uh how do we balance that out in Disneyland's how, how do we even that out because there's mm-hmm. there's obviously a difference in how much space they have and but why do we have to even that out? I mean, we're here to decide which is which is more enjoyable. Let's right? say for the sake – let's say then that when I judge, I want to try to even that out instead of casting that on the show. Um, yeah. So, Dan, if I, if I may, I think yeah. the point is that Disney World is just bigger and so size shouldn't necessarily – it's not Disneyland's fault that it's not bigger. They just had another opportunity to make it bigger, right? So that that is – okay. So Pirates of the Caribbean is longer in Disneyland. Right, right, are, right. Yeah. Should I air? Would we? Should we? How are we? Gonna, are you going? Are you going to not make that argument for Disneyland then? Well, so, but okay, but we're going somewhere with this. <laughs> so, like I said, bear with me. Um, okay. So, I. It, so there was a part of me that when I thought about that, it, I was I was kind of putting it aside as like, well, of course, it's it's bigger and more stuff. There, there should be more stuff, and it should be bigger because it, there's more space. So, but then, as you were describing that, I was thinking about. The first time I rode the D- Disney World version, I didn't know that that segment existed, and my jaw dropped. Uh, not only because it was new, but because it was just a wonderful moment in the ride, and going back to the bigger, more stuff thing, Disneyland did have a chance to introduce an indoor area if they wanted to when they did the construction for Indiana Jones. So, point for Disney World. Wow, damn. Wow. I have uh are you gonna play it? Oh. My music. <laughs> so there were a couple of things just to finish the thought about size and, and it's not Disneyland's fault. I think the counter argument could very well be Walt touched the jungle cruise at Disneyland, but that's not Disney World's fault. And if I'm a guest going to either one of those things, it doesn't really impact me one way or the other, right? Uh, the right and I the, sorry not to uh, Walt didn't touch the Jungle Cruise but he was involved in the planning of Disney World sure right yeah. so Walt and his Imagineers were given an opportunity to redo Disneyland if they wanted to mm-hmm. and in some instances they kept it the same right and in some instances they changed it mm-hmm. they did this on purpose right. 
Yeah. And, and as far as, and I, again, point taken, I'm, this is not an argument. I'm just stating my own opinion. The, the, the Cambodian shrine, the, the temple you're talking about, number one, are the skippers not speaking because it would be super obnoxious because of all the echoing in the cave? Uh, to be honest with you, I have no idea what the reason is. Okay. And then also, I think it's to my assumption, my guess is it's to heighten the experience the drama, yeah. of. We're not joking around anymore, but that's that's how they very how Mark Davis, this master, he artfully began to reintroduce the light of day and the humor Ah. with slight openings in the roof, a few gags here and there. So you get you go into it Mm. and you gradually come out of it. He does it very. It's it's just all very deliberate. Well, right. I think I think also and, the the skipper's not talking, regardless if it's because of an echo or not. The end result is that end result, and it's very effective. Yeah, and again, I'm not arguing. I'm asking right, questions. Right. And then I also understood that they used to have a ton of fog in there, but they'd have to repaint the tiger all the time. You know anything about that, or am I just speculating? I I don't know specifically about that fog. However, oh. no. In the beginning, on the Amazon, before you get to um, what's it called, Inspiration Falls, mm-hmm. there used to be, I believe, sort of a metal canopy that held up the the greenery in kind of like an arch that you would go through in a tunnel. Uh-huh. And alongside I that, that, there are there are fog uh, machines. Right. Now, the fog machines, I believe, are still operational, but they don't have the same impact that they used to mm. because they've taken that out. The canopy. And so it doesn't capture right. – that canopy, exactly, yeah. that doesn't capture that fog anymore. Now, where is okay. – So the effect is, is minimalized. Right. What, what is Inspiration Falls? I think I know, but I want clarif- uh, clarity on that. Like which – how would be, we be able, able to identify it if the skipper doesn't say Oh, um, as you leave the um, as you leave the boat dock, you're on the Amazon. It's like on the left. There's just a really big, beautiful um, kinetic. Fountain. Mm-hmm. Is that the water? Is that the place the where like there's a lot of rock work and because I, I mean, there is there is rock work to it. Because I, if if I'm remembering correctly, I think the inspiration falls at. Disneyland has gone dry, but I could be remembering the wrong thing as Inspiration Falls. Yeah, to Jeremy's point, um, they all kind of blend together because there's so many show elements that are the same that it's right. It's hard to really differentiate. Okay, uh, do you have you have more for the ride through? Right, you got a point for the temple. Yes, uh, that's it for my ride through. Okay. Great. Um, all right, so you're listening to the show, which means uh, you have some level of tolerance for um, <laughs> uninteresting facts. <laughs> and just in the spirit of com- being a completist, uh, I wanted to share some changes and updates. This is sort of off script, Jeremy, so if you don't have anything to counter, I'm not looking for points. But uh, I wanted to talk about all the changes that the Jungle Cruise has gone through. As I mentioned in the aforementioned Disneyland story, there's a lot of changes throughout the years from the 1955 where the Jungle Cruise was taking itself very seriously. It was you know, a serious look at the jungle, and then Mark Davis introduced humor. So in 1957, there was an addition of the rainforest, a pair of menacing gorillas, a native war party, and dancing natives. Trader Sam's beginning offering his two-for-one deal. That's 1957. 1961, the original two-story boathouse was removed, like we talked about. 
open waterway between Jungle Cruise and Rivers of America filled in to create space for the Swiss Family Treehouse, which is where the 37-inch pipe goes to connect the, the dark water. And in 1962, a $7 million enhancement of Adventureland includes the addition of the Indian Elephant Pool and Temple Ganesha Lost City Cambodian Ruins scenes along the Jungle Cruise. 1963, African elephants were re-elephants or repositioned on the Nile River section, and there was the removal of the two original lions and pair of charging rhinos. In 1964, the African veldt and trapped safari scenes were added. 1976, addition and enhancement of several scenes, crocodiles snapping at hornbill, Indo-Chinese tiger and cobras added to Cambodian ruins, safari camp overrun by gorillas, gorilla battling crocodile, baboons on termite mounds, lions feasting on zebra moved into new rock outcropping den, python threatening water buffalo, calf replacing gorillas threatening from the riverbanks. That was 1976. Then in 1993, the boats were repainted and weathered in anticipation of Indiana Jones Adventure. 1994, edition of the new two-story boathouse Q attraction rethemed to take place in June 1938 to Jeremy's Point to coincide with the construction of Indiana Jones Adventure. 1997, the replacement of the original ride boats with slightly longer models with increased capacity. 2001, skippers were disarmed of their pistols and no longer fired shots during the ride. 2005, various replacements and reconstructions, including complete replacement of Schweitzer Falls, addition of piranhas, updates to safari jeep camp scene, including exploding gasoline drums. I'm sorry, can, we go, can we go back to the dark period where we didn't have them shoot at the hippos? Because that was so yes. weird. It was so yeah. weird. <laughs> it's like, what? What? Did they just go, boo? <laughs> sorry, hey, yeah. get away. <laughs> Like, well, I, it was originally it was shooting at the hippos, and then it was shooting up yeah, in the air to scare so them, not, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But like, I I heard a rumor, and this is just it's a rumor uh, that apparently they got rid of that element because some executive's office was close to there, and he was tired of hearing the the, the gun all the time. No idea if it's true. It wouldn't That's surprise what me, are. although. It, one of the things about that is you can hear it on Main Street. Like if you're hanging right. out on Main Street, you can hear right. the, the shooting. So we, that may take you out of it a little bit. Maybe. I actually really like that. I And I, I realize that that goes against continuity. But I, I, I find – personally, I find that really charming that, you know, I'm walking up Main Street and I hear, oh, yeah, Jungle Cruise. Yay. So um, – Yeah, I agree with that. It is heartening. I love to hear right. that. Right. Yeah. Point for Disneyland. Well, how about this? We'll give Disneyland a point for that, and the backside of water at Disney World gets a point as well. Oh, so that's fair. things are being acknowledged fairly So here. point for each, Jeremy. Okay. I hear nothing. Are you going to play the music? Oh. <laughs> Come on. Music monkey. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Okay. The dance is the best. Uh, Let's dance do the, the rhythm, King. <laughs> All right. We've only got uh, five more years of changes. After In 2010, after 55 years of growth and care, Disneyland's man-made jungle is declared real and complete with its own self-sustaining ecosystem. 2013, during the holiday season, the Jungle Cruise turned into the Jingle Cruise, a new Christmas overlay. This did not see many changes to the jungle itself, other than the skippers using a holiday-themed script, 
but the boathouse was decorated and the boats were renamed temporarily and covered in Christmas lights. Then in 2014, the holiday Jingle Cruise overlay is redone and a dramatic departure from the previous year. This time, there is very little decoration on the boats and in the boathouse itself, but instead, the various show scenes out in the jungle are covered in Christmas and Hanukkah decorations. Now that's, the skippers are given... Sorry, are those... It, jingle, jingle Cruise, is that at both parks? Because I haven't been in Disneyland in you know five or, four or five years. <laughs> so I know they do it at Disney World still. Is that correct, Jeremy? They do. Okay, Disney World still does it. <laughs> Disneyland no longer does. Oh, oh boy, um, that makes right, me sad. It doesn't make me sad that it it doesn't make me sad because it means that I need to give Disney World a point. It does make me sad that it doesn't exist at Disneyland though. So point for Disney World for Jingle Cruise. Oh, come on, it's f- have you been on Jingle started Cruise? at Disneyland? It was Disneyland's it idea, it, but they got rid of it. So here's my here's my problem with the, with with this. If you're gonna get rid of Jingle Cruise at Disneyland, you need to get rid of Haunted Mansion Holiday at at Disneyland as that, well. A hundred percent is what I'm trying to say here. Because yeah, exactly. I was gonna say the same thing, but I won't have to. Um, Wait, what? Is, I I miss. I didn't catch what you said. You want to get rid of the Haunted Mansion Christmas? Yeah, I well, I realize that a lot of people do like it. I personally don't like it. It's an if-then thing. If you if you can't shut down the Jungle Cruise for a couple of days to do an overlay, then why are you still shutting down right. uh, Haunted Mansion for four months? And it's an not overlay. extensive right. overlays for Jingle Cruise either. It's just like put a Santa right. hat on a gorilla, which is the- yeah, it's like the it's like uh, the Small World. It's an easy thing. Just throw a couple of things on. You got Small World holiday, right? right? Anyway. Uh, lastly, 2016, a four-month refurbishment lasting from January until May included a new dock designed to stabilize the boats while loading and unloading, as well as some mechanical animal repairs, replacement of on-ride audio systems, and tree replacement. So at that point, they could have built a, a Cambodian tr- temple, I guess, huh? Oh, yeah, that would have been nice. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like right. I feel uh, like the one at Disneyland kind of I love it. I, I all of that. It's a great ride. It's a good ride. <laughs> um, I I feel like this. Are we are we summing up or do we have more things? Oh no! Okay, no, no, okay, I have more. okay. Yeah, we all we all have more. So I'll save that thought. Um, yep. <laughs> go ahead, Jeremy. You have anything counter to that? That was just history changes. But go ahead. Uh, so are you done with history and changes? I am. Um, well, there's a sort of another experience that's tied to the Jingle Cruise that I would like to talk about. Uh, the Jungle Cruise, sorry, <laughs> that I would like to talk about. Actually, let me back up because we're going to leave the cruise for a second. We're going to go into Adventureland. The point that I want to make here is that outside the ride, the Jungle Cruise in Disney World serves to unify most of Adventureland and the Magic Kingdom. So I was reading this blog about this, and it was really interesting. And one of the things that they said is – this is also Passport to Dreams. Uh, they've done a lot of work on this attraction and Adventureland in general. One of the things, the points that they made is that Adventureland and Frontierland are two areas of the Magic Kingdom and Disneyland that both represent – and they're the only ones that represent man's attempt to conquer nature. Okay. And how they build that symbolically is that on one side of the path you have buildings, settlements, sort of Europeans trying to establish their influence. 
And on the other side, you have the untamed wilderness of a frontier river or a jungle. And that's and that that they assert that that's actually a very deliberate design because in every other land you're surrounded on both sides by kind of buildings and Tomorrowland you have you're on both sides, but where you're trying to conquer nature you have this friction zone, and that they design that like that on purpose. And the leak so the and the Jungle Cruise plays a unifying element of that. Um, the leaky tiki's, which spray water on overheated guests near Aladdin's flying carpets, which used to be um, in the forecourt before the Jungle Cruise mm-hmm. entrance, right. um, they were moved up to the Aladdin area um, and a later refurbishment. Um, they are meant to show that friction. So they're further connected to the ride. When we come across the native village during the attraction, we see their counterparts alive and well with the natives. So Near where civilization has established itself, you have these tikis that are kind of like old. They're leaking. They've been abandoned by whatever natives originally lived there. But when we venture out into the jungle, we see their counterparts amongst the, amongst the natives in a, in a much more pristine state because now we've entered their territory. So that's sort of like connecting the ride to the land and showing us that friction zone. That's really interesting. The connection between the leaky tiki's seemingly abandoned by the natives. Oh, sorry, I kind of just said that. Um, and that so that shows where the um, even the fencing around the jungle cruise sort of unifies the whole strip of area in Adventureland. Further, <laughs> oh boy, there's an additional attraction sort of, or an experience that we can take part in that's linked to the Jungle Cruise in Disney World, and that is the Skipper Canteen Restaurant. To further Mm. your Jungle Cruise experience, you can travel over to the Jungle Cruise's companion restaurant. Here, Jungle Skippers, in a continuation of the story, have flung open the doors to their private kitchen and break area to their guests. Skippers are the servers here where the jokes and puns continue as diners partake in food offerings that are more that offer a more globally inspired flair than what might be expected in the Magic Kingdom. Shiriki noodle salad, shumai, Thai noodles, whole fish, kungaloosh cake, and more. Plus, this is one of the few places in the Magic Kingdom where guests can find a selection of alcoholic beverages including beer, sangria, and a selection of wines. Also available are creative non-alcoholic beverages such as the Schweitzer slush and the Punchline Punch. Um, so this is just – it's adjacent. It extends the Amazon feeling, which I think unifies Adventureland even more. And it can, you can continue your experience on the Jungle Cruise by grabbing a bite to eat and interacting with your skippers. Damn it. Um, don't, don't give up on this one, Jimmy. Mate, put up a fight. I, well, all right. All right. All right. All right. Well, I, that's – have you been to the Skipper Canteen? Me? Yeah. Yes, many times. Really? I understood that uh-huh. it was really easy to get a reservation that people don't eat there. Is that not true? So I've waited and I've also had an easy time. I've walked in, I've waited, and I've gotten a reservation. I think if you are someone who appreciates food, mm-hmm. if you like shumai, mm-hmm. if you, the food is a bit more exotic. Right. And you have to appreciate that there's a certain – contingent of disney world customers sure. who go to epcot and eat fried food at the electric umbrella and there's not a contingency <laughs> who go and they get not anymore but and they go and they get hot dogs at casey's sure and it might be a little bit less appealing to younger diners because it's a bit more if you know if you haven't had exposure to some more global cuisine you it might not be the first place you want to take your kids right 
Um, but the, I think for me, that's a selling point sure. because I love it. Yeah. And, and, and to your point also, some other people go to the, to Epcot food and wine festival and eat like impossible Kobe beef or whatever. And, and willing right. to try more exotic. That's I've never been there. Well, I also, it's a point of differentiation. If you want a hot dog or a piece of pizza, it's not hard to get, but if you want to try something a little bit more elevated, it's so nice that that's there. And I think the food plays into the theme so well mm. And it is an extension of that uh, attraction. That's like, really cool. I, I I didn't even consider that when thinking about these two things. That that does make a lot of sense. Are the skippers the the servers? Are they funny? Do they do puns and stuff? Yeah, they stay in character. That's really cool. And do do you think any of them actually are skippers on the ride, or are they just servers <laughs> that have been trained? That's a good question. I have no idea. All right, I'm. I got nothing. So okay, um, my first thought, which ultimately stands so again bear with me Jeremy, is that the restaurant is a restaurant and we're talking about the jungle cruise and that it sounds sounds very cool however going back to a judging category that went back when we had judging categories the impact on the land itself i feel like you've made a really strong argument with the tiki sculptures and the restaurant and all of it it this at Disney World, the impact on the land is remarkable. And at Disney – Disney, did I say Disneyland or Disney World? <laughs> you said Disneyland. Okay. Go ahead. You okay. Said okay. At oh. Disney World, yes, it does that. And it, where at Disneyland, it's almost like the opposite. Like it, it, it's the thing that ends up getting impacted on. So point for Disney World for that. I did not see this coming. I really did. I didn't either. <laughs> I, so here, here's the other I'm not counter arguing. I just want to make, I have as a question. If I'm doing the tiki room, right? Okay. Am I saying that the tropical hideaway extends the tiki room experience? Whereas in the tiki room in Florida, there's a, so it's a similar idea, right? For future shows. I'm curious. Um, <laughs> I should argue. I think this is where us switching off judges really becomes interesting because i think it should be up to the judge to me it's to me they're different things if we're going to talk about the like for example we'll talk about the tiki room let's talk about the tiki room um and then right. we could talk about the impact on the land and all that other stuff but mm-hmm. at the same time if the judge wanted to say okay well it's essentially an extension of the thing um I, I mean, I guess this is this. well, and I guess it's too late because we already did the tiki well, room and uh, <laughs> we didn't even argue. Right. So. <laughs> well, I think it's up to you to make that case. I mean, right. if there is a there is a bird that sort of continues the story because it's the female bird that they ask, right. like, where is she? Right. Like right. you, you could build that case. Um, I personally, having not heard someone build that case, so I'm going to put myself in the judge's shoes right now. I would say probably not as mm-hmm. much because. You order from a regular – like the, the wait staff, uh, the, you know, the servers there are kind of just giving you – like, it's not as much of an experience. Not as immersive, yeah. Well, we already argued it and we didn't actually argue it. Disneyland won, so it doesn't really matter. So you'd have to um, – but you could. It could be made. Could, yeah, sure. Right. So, so in this case, in this case, the you – know, as, as Jeremy was talking about you know, how there's civilization on one side and nature on the other and all that, you know, I'm thinking – in my head, I'm thinking like, okay, well, that's kind of true at both places. It's just one smaller. And then – but then when you talked about mm-hmm. the leaky tikis, I thought, okay, that is actually a connection and that actually yeah. – Well, and actually I was in, – in the part about the you know, the friction zone, I, that is a tr- – I wasn't making that right. necessarily for Disney World. 
I was I was saying these two lands on both coasts. That's really what they've done there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but I was sort right. of built getting ready to build on, and this is why the leaky tiki's do yeah. their thing. And it's very compelling. And right, by right. the way, I one hundred percent agree. It, it's and I hadn't even thought about it, so that's good. Uh, how many uh, boats you got over there? Disney and you know World, their names. I don't know all Ooh. of their names, but Disney World has fifteen boats. With a max of nine in operation at any time. All right. Disneyland has 12 with a max of eight, which is surprising considering the size, you know, implications. It's, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's r- roughly is. the same, right? Um, <laughs> right. And I think, I think this is, I think this is one of those cases where the, the relative size of everything kind of sure. evens that out. Uh, they, some of the names, uh, the Amazon Bell. Congo Queen, Genghis Gal, Hondo Hattie, Irrawaddy, Woman, Kissimmee Kate, which is a – nope. Are you waiting for me to give uh, you a point for this? Kissimmee Kate is a <laughs> okay. play on the Broadway musical Kissimmee Kate, which is based on The Taming of the Shrew, William Shakespeare. We're all about theater on this show. <laughs> it's all about the arts. It's all about and the by arts. Way, at Disney World, adjacent to the Country Bear Jamboree theater show. Um. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> Does anyone else oh, have any sure. other points for this? Oh, you do. I do. Okay. I do. <laughs> okay. Disneyland, the Hollywood influence. We already talked about that. This was based on the live True Life Adventure films and the African Queen. Is what it was based on. And Harper Goff referenced the movie frequently in his plans to design the Jungle Cruise. Any any counter to that? Hollywood influence. <laughs> Jimmy, I I really like when you scramble for points. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I really truly Hold do. On. It's, it's so fun to watch. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> I, I, okay, I don't know. I don't have anything to counter that, but I. <laughs> Go ahead. Any, keep, I don't know. Keep trying. No, Let's I see have where this goes. To to <laughs> I, all right. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Hidden gems. When you arrive at the Jungle Cruise, you have entered the base camp of the River Expedition Company, a British-funded expedition to map the jungle's rivers. For this Disneyland Jungle Cruise fact, you are going to want to look closely at all the unique relics, including the chess set and the animatronic toucan on the second the floor. You already got a point for the queue. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Pay close attention to the 1940s big band music. Ah, damn it. <laughs> All right, moving on. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, rivers. Um, Hollywood stars are born. Uh, more than one Hollywood superstar got their start on the Jungle Cruise. John Lat. Dang. <laughs> John Lasseter. John Lasseter. <laughs> um, hold on. Do you know what? Kevin Costner. <laughs> Kevin Costner was found at the captain's wheel, and it's also been rumored Robin Williams' work, but... Um, uh, that is a rumor. I don't know if you can prove it. Well, okay. So uh, if we're if you're gonna ch- here's here's an inversion of the the Florida thing at Disneyland. If we're gonna try to give points to say like the Main Street Magic Shop because uh, Steve Martin worked there, it's like well, it, it's mm-hmm. proximity to Hollywood makes it so that this kind of thing is more likely to happen anyway. So I don't see a point there. Um, okay. All right. Hold on. Uh, better every year now. The, uh, 
The Jingle Cruise. Dang it. So, Jimmy, when you're done at the bottom of the barrel, try like just turning it over. <laughs> okay. How about this? I have something. This isn't really for a point, Jimmy, so I'll let you use this time to um, collect yourself. Okay. Uh, I, this is just more of a, kind of an interesting little tidbit. Near the hippo pool in the Disney World version, there is a piece of a downed airplane that can be seen along the shoreline. This is the back half of the Lockheed Model 12 Electra Jr. previously found at the great movie ride at Disney's Hollywood Studios mm. in the Casablanca scene. Nice. Yeah, I was going to bring that up if you hadn't. That's, that was really, that's one of the things I point out. That, and, of course, it's gone now, the front half. I wonder if the front half is going to show up in the ride now of mm. the plane. Maybe it's just buried. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. <laughs> All right, guys. I've been burying the lead. Okay. All right. You, you, currently, uh, Disney World is five points, and Disneyland, how many points do you think you have, Jimmy? One. Two. I have two. Three. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. This next point is worth ten. Uh, <laughs> the Little Man of Disneyland. Oh, okay. Okay. Near the entrance of the Jungle Cruise in Indiana Jones, you can find the house of the Little Man of Disneyland. When Disneyland was being built, Little Golden Books published a story about the removal of the orange trees of the land that Walt purchased. The book describes how Disneyland would save the house of a very small leprechaun that lived on property and relocate him to a safe location. Now, his house can be spotted at the base of the tree right by the Jungle Cruise, and that, I believe, is that same tree from 1896 that has been there Mm. the whole time. I always want. I never knew where he was. Yeah, he's at the the, the tree that uh, has been there. The the Dominguez palm. Yeah. I <sighs> give me a point for the dang little man. It's he's not, cool. It's not a part of the ride. <coughs> it's it's save Next it. To it? Sa- it's not, save Can't it save for, it for the, the the Adventureland argument. Yeah, I mean, it's okay. a good Adventureland argument, but I can't... I mean, I want to help out the Disneyland Jungle Cruise because this is sad, but... Right, uh, that, it is. It is indeed, and I did not do a good job at arguing, I would be, but I think that... I would be disbarred, frankly, if I... If, <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Um, all right, so the... All right, go ahead. I'm, I'm done. I got nothing left. Okay. So if we're concluding this, I I really, really thought that this would be neck and neck, and I really thought that I would be – yeah, I thought it would go so much differently. But and it's weird to me how I'm realizing that the Disneyland Jungle Cruise, it almost feels like it's just – I mean it's still a good ride, but it's – it's this weird thing that Disneyland, you know, like the Walt touched it argument that we get into where it's like it, the nostalgia and the, it's been there forever and like having that be a, a positive for something. I mm-hmm. think in this case, it actually works against it because it's been kind of just taken for granted as this thing that we can just like – it can just coast on nostalgia. And yeah, the the boats don't sink, but it, I think that um, – <laughs> I was waiting for you to make that a joke about that. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm shocked to say but happy to say that with five points against two points, the Walt Disney World Magic Kingdom Jungle Cruise is the supreme Jungle Cruise. Well, congratulations. You did a very good job, Jeremy. That, that was – 
incredibly well done. That's all I can say. And, and to close for Disneyland, I want to say that the significance of what the Imagineers did to create this jungle oh, on such a short budget mm. and, and what that it's kind of evolved into being a self-sustaining ecosystem mm. is, is kind of amazing. Um, what Bill Evans did in in agriculture and just the creativity of design and I mean, when we talked about the Indiana Jones thing, there, you know, there were 50 years of bamboo that had just completely yeah. created this jungle. And that just the significance of that, I, you know, I wanted to just close and say that they're both good. I think uh, Jeremy made a really strong case, and I, I have to say I agree with him. Well, and I, and I didn't if, before this. If you look at Disneyland's Jungle Cruise, I mean, it, it's, its evolution is really impressive. Especially if you look at some of the earlier stuff where there's like, you know, cardboard giraffes and stuff. It's like they've, <laughs> they've slowly pieced together this thing that actually is a, it's a, it's a good ride. Um, mm-hmm. the Disney World one, I just had an opportunity to do it better. Yeah. I have to, and I have to even say, um, I, I've, I probably ride the Disneyland version more frequently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because it generally doesn't have as long of a wait as Disney World, right. to be honest with you. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess there's a reason for that. But <laughs> I, I, yeah. and I like it. And honestly, I had no idea how this would go. And until I started doing the writing and the re- mm-hmm. and reading and research about it, and I was like, oh. And when I, you know, when I read about, um, because you know, I forget. Like I said, I forget. You forget which one. And I was like, oh yeah, right. it is. It, it does make a lot more sense. So I, um. I I'm happy, but I I didn't think it would necessarily go this right. way because I think when you if you're just an everyday person, it's when you really dissect it that you start to see some of the th- these things come through. But that's what we do yeah. here. Yeah, that's one of the the. the so I, I I've wanted to do the show. I love doing the show. I enjoy that. I enjoy interacting with you guys. I enjoy the listener feedback. But I think the thing I enjoy the most is just doing the work and and like before the squares episode. I had no idea other than the river of poop at, um, at, uh, Liberty square. There's so much detail and it's just, it's really neat. It's fun. I enjoy it. And we, we enjoy sharing it with you guys. So thank you for that. Well, I think too, that, Please. that if, if you, if you're a Disneyland, if Disneyland is your home park and you go to Disney world, you definitely, definitely need to, to ride the jungle cruise. Cause it, I could see a lot of people looking at it and going, eh, it's the same thing. And it, you, there's just the, the indoor part. It's a really, really good ride. It's, it's like taking it the one that you're used to and like, it's, it's, it's it, it's just so much it's it is so much better and I I really realize that now. Yeah, so uh, guys, we we read some feedback. We really appreciate all your feedback, and please support the show by using our Amazon affiliate link for your Clorox wipes and toilet paper by going to Ears Up Hyphen Podcast and click on the Support Us link. Um, keep doing that because uh, Jason got us a little mic cover, so our little peas aren't as poppy. Um, thank you for that. And so, folks, there's old Trader Sam. Three explorers came through here last week, and Sam invited them for dinner. When he told them what the menu was, they completely lost their heads. 
Dan, Jeremy, and I got there late. All we got was cold shoulder and some finger food. <laughs> All right. So support us. Yes. Uh, Facebook group. Send us feedback. Yeah. Facebook group. It's been a lot of fun. There's a lot of responses. Uh, support Jeremy at Spectral Radio. Contact Jeremy at, at Spectral underscore radio for both Twitter and Instagram. Email me at Jimmy at earsup-podcast.com and Dan at Dan at earsup-podcast.com. Take care of each other. Be good. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Be patient. Be good and be patient. Exactly. We'll see you soon. Thanks, guys.